Common Core a total disaster. And in education news, the discussion over Common Core standards is heating up in Alabama. So by the way, Jeb Bush loves Common Core. The state of Alabama is 49th in math and 46th in reading. We can't keep going in that direction. Common Core, we're going we're gonna to keep. This is Podgressive South. I'm Will Lockamy. I'm Heather Milam. All right, Heather, here we go. We're going to talk about Common Core. Uh, although everybody already knows everything about Common Core, obviously, sure. right? No, no, no one does, actually. Uh, I've researched it at this point for, I don't know, 87 hours, I think, and still, it's a little confusing, right? I would argue you researched more than 87 hours. I may have. So, Heather, break it down for us. Where are we now? Why are we talking about Common Core? Um, the reason we're talking about it in this episode is because uh, Senate President Pro Tem Del Marsh in the state of Alabama sponsored a bill, uh, Senate Bill 119, that has passed to repeal Common Core in the state of Alabama. So it's passed the Senate at this point, still waiting for the House. Exactly. But it passed with flying colors, by the way, in the Senate. Sure did. Right along party lines. And here's the concern. We're not seeing any indication that anyone understands what Common Core is. No one within the Senate is explaining to us why this is a good idea, except for quoting data that says we are close to last across the nation in education ratings or grades. But the problem with that argument is that before Common Core was even instituted in the state of Alabama, we were last or next to last. All right, joining us today, Trisha Powell Crane, who is a statewide education reporter at Alabama Media Group. You've been an activist of an education for many, many years, starting back, you said, maybe about 2002. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, the reason I wanted you here is because of your knowledge on this topic. You've been reporting on it since the beginning, and now, especially with this new SB 119 that is making its way swiftly through our state legislature, you have been there at every step of the way. So as much as we've researched it, I think you also have a very deep understanding of kind of what's going on with this. Um, first of all, let's talk about what Common Core is, because this is the, the biggest problem here is I think there are so many misconceptions about exactly what it is. The exact definition is Common Core is a set of high quality academic standards in mathematics and English English language. I could use it, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you didn't have Common Core. Right, exactly. Um <laughs> English language, arts, and literacy. Um, okay, now, what so many people that I hear say about it is it's this newfangled math that they don't understand, and they can't help their kids with their homework. It's not that. Uh, Common Core is not a curriculum. It's a set of standards, correct? Right, that's exactly right, and that was a great explanation. Um, uh, Common Core it, it is just standards, like you said. It's sort of a list of things, hey, you should know this. Now, what it did in math, it set up sort of a new way to think about math. We want kids not just to memorize formulas, but also understand that what five objects look like when you take one away, right? Yeah, and that's what the standard is. It says that the children need to be able to come to a solution in more than one way. Right, because not everybody is good at the algorithms, um, and this is not. This is, I, after talking with a lot of teachers, this is not my background. I don't have any background in you know teaching kids other than my own. But um, I had a lot of help with with other teachers. Uh, other teachers helped me with that. Common Core math gets a bad rap because it's different than the way parents learned it. 
And it's different than the way teachers were taught to teach it, right? So there was this really intensive effort back in 2011, 2012, when the standards were first being implemented. There's still training going on where teachers are still learning how to teach this math. And I think that, you know, that change in the way kids are learning at early levels, we all think we can help our kids with elementary school math. I checked out for my kids by eighth grade. That was it. They had to get help from their teachers. But I could help them with elementary school math. Uh, I'm being schooled in Common Core Math as we speak and having a lot of fun learning it. And I think I might even be able to learn algebra. Good luck with that. Thank you. Um, So the way we all, uh, speaking about us in the studio, learned math was through rote memorization. Rote, uh, that basically just means repetitive, just by doing something over and over and over. And memorization, obviously, to remember things. Flashcards. Yeah, flashcards, charts. We would just look at something and you had to memorize the tables. Drill and kill. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Which does work really well at low-level mathematics. Once you, though, get into algebra and calculus, then if you all of a sudden can't solve that problem through the algorithm that you memorized, you're stuck, and that's it. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, and that's a tough way to do it. So this actually goes back to, like, the 1960s when some mathematicians had decided, ooh, wait, I don't think we're doing this right. There's a better way to learn. Yeah, and so they started reforming the way that kids should be taught mathematics. So they developed these other methods of teaching. It's called number sense, right? So instead of just memorizing, you actually understand how the numbers relate to each other and how they'll work in these formulas outside of just the algorithm that you remembered. Um, These were very successful in the trials that they did at the time. So when Common Core was put into place... All of a sudden, people needed to find the new way to teach to match those standards. And that's when this number sense mathematics was put into place. So technically not Common Core. Common Core does not give a curriculum. The curriculum is set by the teachers and the states and the school systems. Right. Uh, But this one was the one that worked best for them. And that's a good explanation. And I think that that's a good segue to the real problem. You know, there's a former school board member, Dr. Charles Elliott, who only served for four years in the uh, 6th District, who basically said, look, the problem is money. We don't have money for textbooks. We don't have money for computers. We're not throwing money at our students. We're taking it away. So maybe, Tricia, you could talk a little bit about the the politics of it, because that's what we're really dealing with. Well, you did a great job of explaining what the standards are. That's not the problem. The problem is politics. Yeah. And, you know, the problem is money. I mean, you know, immediately when I say that, there'll be people who say, well, how much money do you need? We're already giving you this much. And how do we know it's not being wasted? Of course, it's how the money is used, right? That's very, very important. And who is overseeing that and making sure that it's used the right way? But it costs money to implement a new curriculum um, that came from the Common Core Standards. Unfortunately, think about it. Common Core Standards were adopted in 2010. What else was, you know, not necessarily necessarily wanted in 2010, but came about anyway, the recession. So you've got this brand new nationwide thing where everybody's trying to get up to speed, learn a new way to teach, adopt new textbooks and curricular materials, um, and make plans. And the money just kept going down. Um, So unfortunately, I mean, I think history will bear out, you know, five or 10 years from now, we'll look back and we'll probably say the Great Recession had much more to do with the strains and struggles that schools are feeling rather than Common Core. But Common Core, you know, it seems easy to fix. Oh, well, we'll just pass a bill that says no more Common Core. And 
you know, changing the way schools are funded is much more complicated. I would say that this Senate bill is not a policy proposal, but an ideological red flag here in the state of Alabama. Yeah, um, you know, Common Core bills, ever since Common Core came in, it took about a year and conservatives started saying, wait a minute, this is a federalized uh, this is federal overreach. You know, this, the United States Department of Education gave uh, states additional points if they adopted the Common Core state standards on their race to the top applications. There were grants that yes. they could apply for. Yes. And, and you yeah. had to say, yeah, I've adopted the Common Core state standards. We never got any of that money. So it really didn't apply. We tried for it, but our applications were not uh, acceptable. Um, so we didn't get any of that money. So it wasn't a federal thing. And then, you know, I, I looked into the National Conference for State Legislatures. As a, it's a great resource. They um, keep track of the bills, and they said, you know, Common Core has pretty much died down, like the furor over Common Core. And so where this is coming from right now, we're not sure. We're getting rid of Common Core. I get elected Common Core. Um, but it was something that Senator Marsh feels very strongly about. You know, he once supported it. He was one of the core supporters. And one of the reasons, you know, my observations, uh, it seems like one of the reasons why it didn't get repealed earlier, because he and the business community, um, the Business Council of Alabama, the Chambers of Commerce, everybody was saying these are high quality standards and these are the things we need our children to learn. I completely understand, too, that there are teachers that have been teaching for decades and decades that did not want to change what they had been doing. That makes perfect sense. They are humans and fantastic humans for the most part. Uh, so I understand that they said, well, you know what? I, I don't want a part of this. I'm going to retire or quit and move on to something different. And I would hate to lose any great educator, but, you know, it was time to make a change, I feel like. So that's just one of the downfalls that is realistic with this. I do want to ask you, Tricia, have you been able to figure out why Del Marsh? thinks Common Core is a bad idea Thank because you. <laughs> I, I have not heard yet. He keeps going back to these NAEP scores, which you know a lot about and I want to learn about, but he hasn't actually said what it is in the standards no. that he disagrees with or thinks is negative. I can't find it anywhere. Have you found that? Well, I've had a few conversations with Senator Marsh um, about this, and what he says is this whole system just isn't working. Um, you know, it's a... I have... It is not a good use of NAEP scores to look at a short-term trend and try to match it to curricula. The NAEP will test kids every other year in fourth grade and eighth grade in math and English, and it's a sample of kids. It's not. It's a statistically uh, relevant, and it is a valid sample of kids. But um, but the schools don't even know how they did. And for years, uh, and I'm told this by a lot of people. This is not something I'm making up. Uh, people in Alabama didn't take the NAEP seriously. Educators didn't. There was there were no high stakes. It was just sort of a here you can participate in this. It was thrown in with the rest of testing. You know, we used to do a lot of testing. Um, now we do much less than we used to. But it wasn't until 2016 when former state superintendent Michael Sinnons from Massachusetts came in and he said, look, y'all need to take the NAEP seriously. You know, people are using these to judge the state yeah. as whether or not it's a place where we can find educated workers and we want to locate businesses. It's an economic recruiting tool. Sure. Well, and it, it I mean, not to make it an obvious statement, but it does come down to economics. I mean, we are a much more viable state economically if we have educated people. And right. that sounds overly simple and perhaps trite, but that's the reality. 
tell us about where we have been as a state with the NAEP store, because he, he makes it sound like, oh, it's gotten so much worse. In the past, I have let our school board, who dictates education policy, have Common Core in place. But after 10 years, the state of Alabama is 49th in math and 46th in reading. We can't keep going in that direction. Has it gotten worse? No. Um, This is where, you know, Senator Marsh and I just disagree. Um, I've seen the graphs that have been circulating uh, that have been put out by the Eagle Forum of Alabama, who has a, um, they're a conservative group who feels like, you know, Alabama standards should be created by Alabama teachers, which they were. Uh, Alabama teachers were at the table in 2013, 14, 15, and 16, where revisions were made to the current set of standards in both math and English because a former state superintendent, Tommy Bice, understood, you know, that we do need to tweak this for Alabama. We can have, you know, a majority of the standards be common core, but maybe there's some Alabama stuff we need to throw in there, too. Or maybe we need to move money back to the first grade. You know, I've, I've heard our current superintendent talk about that. So um, it's just the NAEP scores from what I've been told, and I have talked with researchers at the uh, Institute for Education Sciences, which is who sort of governs the NAEP, you know, looks at long-term trends, and they say, you know, you cannot tie a curriculum to NAEP scores. And if you look over the long term, and we do have scores going back to about 1990, but we don't have them for every state, so I'm just starting in 2003 when everybody started taking them. We have made a lot of progress. Now, it has stalled The progress has stalled, but it's not what they call statistically significant. Um, There was one drop that was statistically significant, which, you know, I don't want to get all wonky here, but it may look precipitous to us to drop two percentage points, but it may not really matter in the big, long scheme of things. And so I'm, excuse me, I'm doing some analysis on that right now. Um, But what I can say, you know, just a quick look at them, we have made a lot of progress. The problem is we started at the bottom. So we're going to have to leapfrog people. People, you know, to make our way up to the top. Is it ever going to happen? You know, I don't know. I mean, we did, we made um, progress in reading, in fourth grade reading. We were, we got a lot of accolades in 2011 and 13 because uh, a lot of folks give credit to the Alabama Reading Initiative, which is not a curriculum. It's a coaching program to help teachers learn how to teach reading better And it had been in place for five or six years before, you know, the results really started to show. And so folks are kind of looking at that and say, oh, what happened? Well, the recession happened. Millions, tens of millions of dollars have been lost, were lost in that program. That's when money matters, right? So it's kind of complicated. It's a great point that you bring up that when you start at 49th, which is completely unacceptable, you you can make progress. But if the people in front of you are making progress at the exact same time, you stay at 49th. You have to have that leapfrog effect that you talked about. Right, right. Senator Marsh continues to say it's the NAEP scores and he doesn't think it's working. But I don't think just saying I don't think it's working is enough. I think he needs to say, why he doesn't think it's working and what is it about these standards because initially when he wrote the bill it was going to just immediately stop common core and go back to the standards that we had before which would lower the bar for our children in the state which makes no sense why if you think that hey we're not excelling why would you then say the answer is to lower 
the bar with the standards. Now, luckily, an amendment was passed before it went through the Senate that said, no, 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 we can't do that. We can't go backwards. What we would do is in a year, get rid of Common Core next year, and then by that time, have a new set of standards that the legislature was going to come up with, which, by the way, why would they be the ones? Absolutely not. That is absolutely unacceptable. It makes zero sense. But I, I really need for the people that are in charge of our state at this point to give an actual reason why they think these standards are not working. I will say the thing that we're not supposed to say, there is no reason. This is this is propaganda. This is something that they can tie to the Obama administration because of the time frame, not because of his administration and not because of him, but this is this political propaganda red herring that they're throwing out there for their base. And I say there, I'm talking about the the Republicans that are currently in Montgomery. And that's the reality. We have to speak truth to what this is. Senator Del Marsh is not going to give you that reason because there isn't a reason. There isn't a reason for them to repeal and remove this. And going back to the statistics that we stated earlier, if we really were that far behind and we actually made progress with these standards and we continue to make progress, why are it, it obviously doesn't make any sense other than for political reasons. And so there you go. I said it. So, Will, earlier you said, you know, that these standards were not the old standards were not as good. There is a group of people that will argue with you and say our older standards were better. Um, I, You know, I it's I can't get into those arguments, but they say that. Right. And they have political power. Um, so, yes, the amendment got added onto that. And that's that's a good thing. So we don't have to change. Uh, standards three times in three years. Teachers are tired. Um, teachers have been put through a lot of change. Uh, and, you know, change is necessary, but it's not, you can't just change on a dime. You know, you've got testing, you've got um, all sorts of things that are connected to uh, the standards. But yeah, the the question is, why now, right? And it does, there are, our columnists have weighed in to say, this sure looks like something maybe connected to a bid for U.S. Senate, right? Um, I mean, I, I don't get to opine as a as a journalist, but uh, but Senator Marsh. I mean, one thing you can say about him is he is really bothered by how poorly our kids do on uh, measures of success in education. And the only reason I question that at all is because if he was really bothered by it, it seems like he would go after the things that would actually make a difference, as opposed to this thing that will possibly make a negative impact on the state and the education system. And look, we know that change is not easy. So why are we doing this again? I have a cousin who works in the school system. and She said it's actually helped many of her students because she works near the Alabama-Georgia border. And there are a lot of students who go from school system to school system, and it's a more seamless process for them to incorporate those students into their classrooms. Yeah. Take my children, for example, currently in fourth and second grade. Look, they're smart kids and very lucky. They're healthy and all that. But what they're doing with math is so much different than what I was doing with math at that point. And I'm saying that in a very positive way, right? I'm working with them. I'm learning along with them. This new number sense math where you're learning in tens as opposed to just memorization. And it is unbelievable how my son was doing really pretty moderate level algebra in first grade and doing really well at it. Currently, we're in a situation where we're traveling a lot. My kids are in school right now in Manhattan on the Upper West Side, and they're doing fantastic, and the transition has been seamless because of Common Core. They'll be coming back to Birmingham soon and being back back in school here, and again, that will be seamless as well because of this. 
if Senator Del Marsh really does care about the performance of our students, you can't, you can't dangle this red herring called Common Core out there. You have to look at it in a comprehensive way. Another thing that is not a part of this conversation and desperately needs to be is the abject poverty that exists all through our state. Expand Medicaid. If you really care about the health of these children, expand Medicaid. We have children by the tens of thousands who are living at a level of poverty that no one should be subjected to. So expand Medicaid, give them health care. Don't let them go to sleep at night with toothaches that they can't get fixed. They're going to sleep hungry. Give them the opportunity to learn. And a part of that comprehensively is making and helping them be healthy. So moved quickly through the Senate. Easy peasy. I think it was like 23 to 7. So now going to the House, what are the chances there that this thing is going to go through just as easily? Well, in the House, the uh, bill is being placed into Representative Terry Collins' committee. She's the head of the Education Policy Committee. She's out of Decatur, um, and she's been the head of that committee for a long time. She said that she was not aware that the bill was even going to be filed. Um, She has been a supporter of Common Core. She has been... Um, You know, there are some folks that have disagreements with her, but she has been at the table and trying to look at, you know, serious education reforms that will positively impact kids. Again, not everybody agrees with her, but uh, she has sort of indicated that she wants to take a good long look at this. So when the legislature gets back into session, um, I think it's supposed to start back on Tuesday. Uh, They took off for spring break for a week. Um, the bill could come up in the House Committee, in the Education Policy Committee, as early as Wednesday. Uh, they put out a calendar. We'll just have to see if it shows up. Uh, but during spring break, the uh, legislators were supposed to be talking with educators, the state superintendent, the business people, you know, and saying, is this really the direction we want to go? Trisha, if you can, do me a huge favor. Next time you talk to Senator Marsh, ask him. What specifically about the standards do you think it is that is negatively affecting the state? I would love to hear him answer that. And I mean that genuinely. I'm not trying to be snarky. I actually just want to know what he thinks it is about the standards that's no good. Yeah, I'm sticking with what I said. (laughs) It's politics. I think that, unfortunately, we're not taking into consideration those who are most affected, and that's the children. So, um, you know, until we really have this, I think that we have some amazing educators in the state of Alabama. I get behind what Will is asserting, and I and I would love to hear Senator Del Marsh help us understand. Uh, I just don't have faith that that's going to happen. I don't. You're such a pessimist, Heather. Well, on this issue, <laughs> Will... Well, I think I'm frustrated. I think, you know, what we hear in the education community right now is the frustration of, hey, why don't you ask teachers, right? Why don't you talk legislators before you make moves like this? Talk with teachers and and ask them if this is a good idea. A few years ago, Senator Marsh had a bill about tying teacher uh, pay to student test scores. That thing blew up pretty quickly, and there were some leaders, uh, teacher leaders, that stepped to the front and really, you know, demanded a seat at the table. That bill ended up being withdrawn, right? And so, 
you know, who knows what's going to happen with this. I think teachers have been vocal. They use social media. I engage a lot with them there. Uh, They're telling me, teachers are telling me that they're reaching out to their lawmakers. Some are getting called back. Some are not. I think it's difficult for teachers who are supposed to be in the classroom all day long teaching kids to interact with legislators. You know, they can't come to committee meetings. They have to find a substitute teacher to show up to committee meetings. And while, you know, in one sense, it kind of, it's interesting to me because you think about, we've been arguing about what should be taught in school since schools were formed, right? And that's what this is at the the heart of it, if the reason is really about the standards, right? It's what are we teaching our kids in school? We still have problems with teaching evolution. You know, don't even talk about sex education, right? I mean, there are just some topics that Alabama folks really don't want taught in school. And so I kind of think this is like an extension of that with the added politicized federal overreach um, sort of argument. I mean, look, you have the lieutenant governor who's writing opinion pieces saying that we need politically conservative ideals in the classroom. And no, we don't need politically conservative nor liberal. We need facts. Trisha Powell Crane from Alabama Media Group. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Oh, look, Heather, here we are. It's the non-news story of the week. All right, here's the deal. This was a top headline, one of the top stories on a national news website. Ooh, we were gonna, boy, we don't need whoa, to whoa, give, whoa. Yeah, Back up news? Well, we're not going to give any kind of uh, <laughs> real hints as to where it is because we don't want to, you know. It just rhymes with... Mm, I wouldn't even. Uh, no. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even. <laughs> they don't need the clicks. All right, here it is. All right, so a mother of four uh, has penned a letter and published it in Notre Dame student newspaper called the... It's the Observer. It's their newspaper. Called the Legging Problem. She is saying that we as women should not be wearing very snug-fitting leggings leggings and this apparently is a problem as 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 i wear leggings <laughs> the legging these. problem the leg leggings are the just one of the best things that have happened in decades they're so comfortable tell me about it oh my gosh you wear leggings okay yeah but let me clarify i, I wear them generally underneath I, I wear like shorts or something on top of them but i do i try to exercise almost every day and it's more comfortable in leggings <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, you're going to see me just out running around sand shorts. I'm going to, but yes. But if you did, I would fully support that. That's you would? fine. Sure. Mm-hmm. You I know. know. I'm not sure if the whole community would enjoy that. <laughs> well, I can tell you this. It's sure enough is not news. Leggings are convenient. They are comfortable. They are great for working out. They're good for putting underneath your jeans in cold weather. They are not a news story. And that will is the non-news story of the week. 